This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is my friend Holly Lichtenfeld, the Chief Growth Officer at Sustainabase. Hey, Holly. Hi, Corey. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate you taking some time. Your company is very interesting and very unique. I've never interviewed anyone from a company like it, and I'm excited to talk about that. But let's focus on first your background. What got you to Sustainabase? Great. So I am very passionate about sustainability and the environment. And so I've been working in the space for many years, over 20 years, um, in a range of sectors from renewable energy and electric mobility to natural products. And now in the last couple of years in carbon accounting and ESG. So I'd say a common thread has been working with companies to accelerate the transition to better business practices, healthier ingredients and materials, as well as this energy transition to decarbonization. So all the parts that get people to decarbonization. So the work I get to do now at Sustainabase really is a nice culmination of that because it gives companies this overall visibility into their operations through a lens of carbon emissions. And so it really connects with who I am and the fact that I believe strongly in this importance, obviously, of us to decarbonize and and help companies and governments actually as well to do that. Oh, wow. Governments as well. That's excellent. Yes, we we work with both. Corporations are really stepping up now as our governments, but like we we have a lot of focus on corporations, both private and public now. Excellent. Yes. So when you say a government, you're talking about like a local municipality, like a, yeah. a county or a, potentially a state. Is that possible? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So what is Sustainabase? Can you explain it to the world here? Yes, absolutely. So it's a software platform that tracks and calculates scope one, two, and three emissions, as well as other important resources like water. So I don't know how much you've covered the scopes in your in your podcast. Should I explain just, it a little bit? Yeah, just briefly. And actually just talked about it in a podcast earlier this morning, but... I think we need to do a deep dive into it, which is why I was so excited to have someone like you who's an expert in this in this field, because I am not yet, and I hope to be someday. But teach us your ways, my friend. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> so um, what scope one and two, scope one, two, and three emissions are, is they help to sort of create categories that are defined by something called the greenhouse gas protocol across a company's operations. So scope one are direct emissions. So if you think about those are the things that are the activity that is creating emissions that are like the fleet, an owned and operated fleet, and also the energy use, refrigerants, things like that, that are used on site in a company's actual operations. 
Then scope two is purchased electricity. And scope three is basically everything else. So that is your supply chain, your waste, your business travel, your employees commute. There's a whole range of things that are that are in that. And at Sustainabase, what we're focused on is with more companies needing to understand all aspects or definitely parts of these different scopes, there's a big issue where you can tell from the way I just described it that this data is all over the place. Yeah. Our systems have not been set up where people, even packaging, uh, we can talk more about packaging data because that is an yeah. area that is not set up right now to feed into these systems in a really usable way. And so we as a company are focused on helping our customers to get our hands on that data. We map it, we automate as much of it coming in, and we just really focus on how do you get good data in so that you can make good decisions and report out verifiable good data. Can you give us an example of a piece of data that you would be interested in for these kind of measurements? Like if I was, let's say I'm a, I'm a, a small consumer products group uh, company shipping packaging, packaged goods to consumers. Yep. So what we first do is we look at what, what are you, who are you reporting to? What are you trying to manage first? We really help companies to understand what they should be tracking. So let's just take an example. Let's say there is a company that uh, is a small package goods company that wants to collect data because they want to participate in the Amazon Climate Pledge Friendly Program. That's something that's very relevant, especially to to CPG companies. So for them, we'd have to actually collect almost everything because that requires full look at your product lifecycle as well as your company operations. So an example there would be starting with where do you operate? Are you in offices? Do you have any manufacturing yourself? And so we might start with just collecting on the utility data, electricity, natural gas for them. And then we might move on to gathering things like their waste and even the products, materials that they use and the packaging and have to really account for all of that. So it, it, those are some of the examples of the kinds of data that needs to be collected. So you would look at, let's say a company's using styrofoam or polystyrene coolers to ship something versus a corrugated or a paper option, those numbers would be drastically different in your measurements, right? Correct. There's different factors and the calculations that are assigned to each of those. And to let you know, so in terms of like the types of companies that we work with, so we work with, let's say, consumer packaged goods and manufacturing companies who are either at the top of a supply chain or part of a supply chain where they have to report these things out. Then we now, we also work with actual packaging companies because they're getting requests from their, they're in the supply chain, not only what is going on with the emissions of your actual product, but also what is going on with the emissions of your operation and how is your water use, how much water and, you know, and looking to, to ask to set targets and improvements on that. And then we also, as a company, receive data from packaging companies. So that's why this is very interesting because we we interact with folks who work in packaging a lot. <laughs> well, it's and I, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but packaging is a huge way where companies can make an impact quickly. 
if they do it correctly, in my opinion. It's it's such a huge opportunity to improve your scope three emissions and to lower your carbon footprint in this world that that's where this show comes in. That's why I wanted to spread the message about sustainable packaging. It's possible. And uh, people don't think about that. I was uh, on the, my last call or my last podcast was with Brandon from uh, Labelcraft. They make a recyclable backer to labels. That if you think about that, no big deal, right? Oh, pff, just the backer paper, 30, thousand truckloads a year go into the landfill full of this stuff that people don't think about right so these kinds of things are huge and i just wanted to get maybe a couple ideas from you of maybe some success stories that you've seen you know a company went from this product to that product or they they stopped doing this or they started doing that can you give us some tips as a expert Yeah, I would say that some of the things, so some of our customers who are out ahead, there are those customers who are beginning their sustainability journey, and they are at the point of getting their baseline measurement, because again, having to get this throughout their operation or for big segments of the operation probably wasn't what they were doing before. They might've just said, I'm going to do this sustainability project. And it was kind of done over there. And so they weren't really tracking. So I would say that there's a lot of companies at the beginning of their sustainability journey. And I think we're going to see more of those success stories, especially as there's so many more companies asking for it and asking packaging companies, their material supplier for innovation. They're showing them, hey, I did this analysis and you're a big part of my contribution. Let's work together. And then you're going to hear that. So it's sort of this like connected ecosystem. But I would say that one of our customers that I think is such a lead in this space is actually a furniture manufacturer. Their name is City Furniture. And they have really looked across their whole operation. So they have switched their owned and operated fleet from diesel to compressed natural gas, which is actually much more efficient to renewable natural gas. And next they're going to go to electric vehicles. They have those in order. So that's their fleet. They just won an award for being the cleanest fleet, I think in the US last year, the greenest fleet. And then when it comes to their showrooms, they have an amazing system in place to for energy efficiency. They're installing rooftop solar. They are engaging their utilities in utility programs where they get renewable energy. And on the packaging front, They have created a state-of-the-art recycling sorting process on location, and they have some great data coming out of that. Wow, that's excellent. So they're sorting their waste or they're sorting like the incoming packaging that's the leftover stuff? Is that what you're saying? I think it might be the leftover stuff. Okay. I'm less involved like on the on the floor seeing exactly what they're doing, but on that front I think it's probably their leftover stuff. And then they also, you know, we're doing FSC some in some of their product lines, they're moving in that direction, Ocatex, all of that kind of stuff. So, I like this idea of holistically looking at all aspects of your business and really moving true action forward. I think it's like a great model. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's some great tips. I like that a lot. What about the sense of urgency here? I've heard different things and people are freaking out in different levels. When do we need to have our quote unquote stuff together in regards to scope? I think 
it depends on what aspect of scope three you're talking about. So (laughs) somebody's scope three is somebody else's scope one and two. Right. So, so what we are definitely seeing accelerating in terms of pressure is, so we work at companies that are the top of supply chains, like I said, and in supply chains. So we are seeing the top of the supply chain getting pressure from investors, stakeholders, and consumers to go into this. So that is definitely happening. And then that is trickling down to people in the, the companies in the supply chain as well. And then they're at first getting asked to do definitely their scope one and scope two, and then starting to push into scope three. So it is here. I I am hearing from customers that they're seeing it in RFPs that they have to contractually. Yeah. There's actually a piece on our blog that I've written that talks about the three C's of supply chain. So it's the carrot, the conversation and the club. And Wrote that a while ago, and it's definitely amping up. So it's that you are seeing some engaging in conversations saying, we really need you to do this. We see some doing carrots where maybe I'll give you a little more placement at my retail or, you know, whatever it might be. And then there's starting to be more club where it's like it's in a contract or it's in an RFP. So, and we're, we're definitely seeing that come down and we get a lot of our customers sending us this customer, you know, this customer just sent a request. We're seeing this. So we're on the ground really seeing that amping up. A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSolve pioneers certified bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero-waste. If zero-waste packaging interests you, please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com. Do you think that, and that's really interesting, do you think that companies will be provided with some kind of a score that will be common knowledge. Here's the problem. Nobody knows what carbon is. They don't understand it. Oh, we reduced our carbon footprint by two tons or whatever the nominal number is. You can make something up and people would be excited. How are we going to explain to consumers and frankly to companies what when they're doing a good job, you know what I mean? Is there a way to like provide, say you're five stars or you're three stars, you better get going, you know, something like that. Yeah. Well, there was, so there, there, we're coming from a place where those who did their greenhouse gas emissions inventories just did it and they reported it. And those people were out ahead. Now where we're heading toward is especially because the um, Securities Exchange Commission just put out some proposed rulings around climate disclosure, we're heading toward more things where certain companies might need to get their data third-party verified. So almost like you think about a CPA with accounting data. So we're just at the beginning of that, and it feels like it's kind of picking up, and that won't apply to everybody. There's an understanding that that's a hardship for smaller companies to then hire somebody you know, to do that. But we're definitely seeing a trend, and I think that gets more at the point that you were saying, Corey, about like, what does it mean? 
Is it valid? Was it done correctly? I mean, we do everything to the greenhouse gas protocol, which is like the best, the the good accounting practices for carbon. Um, And you want that. And we have a very great approach to um, documenting what we've done. So we're setting everyone up, whether they will ever have to, or tomorrow we'll need to verify it. But I think that's kind of what you're driving toward is it's going to take a while to get there, but this is going to become much more common, just like regular accounting has become a very common and known and sort of trustworthy process. It's built in. We're definitely heading there with this as well. That's exciting. And, and Sustainabase can help with those measurements, right? That's the whole point of this, right? That's what you guys do. Correct. So maybe that's something you could help develop is some kind of a, a score, like, you know, a letter grade or something that, that people know what it means and relate it to this. Correct. Yeah, that, absolutely. That'd be great. Cool. So what can consumers do to, to be more sustainable? And that is such a great question. And I actually get, I've been invited to speak at a few, even though we mostly as a company focus on corporations and businesses. There's a lot of people interested in that. So I'm going to share with you when I get invited in, I was just invited into a very large company to speak to them about that. So what I like to say about that is that for us, just like we at Sustainabase are mapping these companies and showing them where their hotspots are and where they should focus so they don't run after something that's not going to have a lot of impact. So if as individuals, we think about our sphere of influence, where we have the most impact and where we have the most, both we can impact the system and also where we're creating the most emissions, almost like our individual hotspots. So there's a great resource called Rewire America, and they're talking about basically electrifying the country. And they highlight as individuals, like our big emission purchases, it's our cars, it's our HVAC systems, it's our dryers, it's our water heaters. So they really talk about like how as a system and individuals, we have to start thinking about those and that would have a big impact. And then also in mass, when we do things like what we're purchasing, but it's not individual purchasing, right? Because a lot of that is if the system is going to only give you certain things you can buy, it takes a lot of consumer effort to say we want to change, right? But we can start to move some things forward with our with our money and our purchase decisions. Yeah. I like to say vote with your wallet. And that that makes a lot of sense. And I agree with you. It's it's what anybody can do. I think a lot of uh, times we get defeated and we feel defeated when when there's actually so many things that you can do as a consumer, as a as a as a non-professional in the packaging space. You can encourage your favorite brands to be more sustainable. You can buy the things that they provide that are the most sustainable (laughs) and support that through social media and through all, all different types of efforts. Excellent. Yeah. And I think that's such a great, there's two parts also to that point. So one is part of our sphere of influence is the companies we work for changing from within joining our sustainability, you know, groups and really trying to move that forward at our own companies. And then there's also just doing what we're doing today is talking about this, making sure it doesn't disappear, you know, off of it's something that we really should be engaging with every day. And so as individuals, just talking about it and making sure that there's awareness of it is a big part of getting toward the solutions also. Well said, I agree 100%. I think oftentimes I'll hear stories uh, from people saying, my company didn't recycle 
So I started a, a small recycling program in the break room and it was very successful. And so all the other divisions are doing that now. And you think about that, how it just kind of takes hold across the world and uh, makes a positive impact or, or you joined a beach cleanup or you started your own beach cleanup. You know, there are things that every person, every single person can do to affect positive change, I believe. Yes. And I just heard an interesting like podcast or story. It was something that, that someone was sharing the data that for people who get down and feel sad about what's going on with the environment, exactly what you just said, going out and doing something in nature, a beach cleanup, any of those things is like statistically proven to make you feel better. <laughs> you know, you're with other people who care, you're doing something that makes you feel good. So, so that is really good for the world. And it's really good for us as individuals also. Yeah. Yeah. On, on your next hike, bring a reusable bag and fill it with any trash that you find along the way. And you'll feel better because you'll take it back and you'll recycle it. And that's, that's a good feeling. You'll get outside. There's all the positive things there in, in one day. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you feel like there's some positive changes coming? Uh, do you feel like that companies are really embracing this, not because they have to, but because they, they want to and they know it's the right thing to do? I think that there's, I'm an optimist and we do need to move faster at speed and scale. I think some of the good things are what gets me excited is when I'm talking to companies, it's like everyone at every level is having to engage in this. So I'm talking to people in operations and like we said, of course, people in packaging and people in financial control. I mean, this used to be a siloed thing. And yep. so, yes, I think there are some companies and some people at companies who are passionately engaged and whether they were before or they're seeing it now that it's being put in front of them. And there are some people who you know, are not as engaged in doing it because they have to, sure, but sure. whatever the case, we're, we're creating this connectedness where we all are becoming more aware of it and we're needing to care a little bit more about it because it's becoming like a, an objective or an important goal of the organizations that we work for. So I'm hoping we're going to start to see more action and more like examples of great stories that we can share of more and more companies as they, as they do the tracking like we do, and then they get into action. And then what we liked, what we do is we show them through the system, you did this, and it improved it this way, or maybe it didn't improve it as much as you wanted. So you have to switch it a little bit. And what an excellent measurement, right? So to be able to have that primer to, to go off of is so invaluable for, for anyone, but especially for a company that's trying to, to meet these goals. You know, there's a lot of doom and gloom. I, I oftentimes will interview people and they're super, you know, negative about things. So I'm glad to see you are like me and very, very positive. Can you, let's can you, do this. Yes. Can, can you tell us uh, a story about a, a company you worked with or a project you worked on where you felt like, man, we made a huge impact with this one. Let me think of a good one. Yeah. So I'm going to give an example of a food manufacturer that we work with and upon doing their assessment, I think one of the big surprises, because what we do is we highlight the hotspots again, is how much attention they needed to pay or should be paying to refrigerants. Because the interesting thing about refrigerants is they might not be a large expense or part of your world, but 
They have very high global warming potential. If anyone reads Project Drawdown, it's like their number one solution is to stop leaks from refrigerants. It's something we don't think about. So to show a company, like I was saying, yes, your electricity or your scope three, you know, your packaging, your materials are really important, but oh my gosh, this wasn't even on your radar. And now you can start, there are more and more companies now that are helping to evaluate. So what happens is we would highlight that and then they work with a company that is going to, you know, help them financially to put a good system in place that would, you know, replace their, their aging and not, not so good refrigerants. So that would be, I think that's just a really good highlight of, of where we need to go with insights that can make for really good stories that have high impact. Yeah, that's such a a, a big deal. I, I wouldn't have thought of leaks in a refrigerant system. And there's all these trucks running around with those those big boxes on the top. Those are generally refrigerated trucks, or we call them reefer trucks in this in the business. But I wouldn't have even thought to have addressed those with you know maintenance to to improve your sustainability. Wow. Yep. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for for coming on the show. Can you tell people how to get in touch with you and Sustainabase? Yes, I would love to get in touch with you. Like I said, especially because if you are in any aspect of packaging, I would love to speak to you. There's so many different ways we can engage and partner together. So to reach me, you can go to sustainabase.com. You can just, you know, do a contact us and, and say, I'm reaching out to LinkedIn. I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. So um, it's Holly Lichtenfeld. Hopefully you can find me. <laughs> and my my email, also long, maybe hard to spell name, is hlichtenfeld at sustainabase.com. That's why going to our site and doing it through the contact us might just be easier. I'll put it in the show notes so people can just, oh, click, great. So people can just uh, click on it. Yeah. So if you're listening, scroll down, click the button, <laughs> reach out to Holly. She's awesome. Thank you so much, Holly. Thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this podcast. If you're listening, please subscribe. Give us a review. Five stars are appreciated. And uh, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Holly. Appreciate you. Thank you you so much. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.